0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick Six Podcast. Hello. Happy football. It is Thursday, September, whatever day it is. The football starts the fifth. I'm Will Brinson. This is, uh, the CBS Sports NFL podcast, the Pick Six Podcast. Daily, sometimes more than daily. Speaking of which, you should check out our emergency podcast on Zeke Elliott, Sean Wag- uh, no, Sean Wagner's not even there. John Breach. Ryan Wilson and Jared Dubin join me to break it all down. Dubin's losing his mind because he hates running backs and he loves the Cowboys. Um, If you want to be rich like Zeke and win $1 million, and you do because who doesn't, Here's your easy chance. Just go to the, play the parlay pick game on CBS Sports. The process is simple. Download the CBS Sports app or go to cbsports.com slash parlay and submit your parlay card. Once you're done, you're immediately in contention for big time cash prizes, including the chance at one million dollars if you hit the perfect parlay. I can't say parlay when I do this ad read for some reason. Boss, you don't have to hit it big to get a big payday. You earn points for every Craig parlay with $10,000 on the line for the season champ. You can even start a buddy group by inviting friends at the competition for more action. So what are you waiting for? Download the CBS Sports app or visit cbssports.com slash parlay now to take your shot at a million bucks. Um, I know a guy who's rich in life, and his name is Heath Cummings. I don't know if you have a million bucks in your pocket, Heath, but you got a bunch of good beer uh, up in Connecticut. And, um... You've been grinding up there thanks to Zeke Elliott and this whole contract thing. I know you guys were uh, busy on CBS Sports HQ all Wednesday morning with the Zeke news, right? It was, it's been a crazy morning. I can't even talk
1: right now. I was sitting, uh, in a parking lot of a breakfast establishment getting ready to have breakfast with my family and I get the message that Zeke had just signed. I said, okay, I'll get breakfast to go had these street tachos with short rib chili and over easy eggs all over them. Like it was fantastic. <laughs> and then I, I'm like trying to gobble this down before I talk about Zeke on air. Then I did the FFT podcast. Now I'm on with you. I've been drinking fantastic New England beer. What a week. Yeah. What a time to be alive.
0: <laughs> what a time to be alive indeed. Um, what, uh, does, does Zeke signing and we don't need to get into the, We talked about it again, Check out our Emergency Ezekiel Elliott podcast. I'm sure there'll be more breakdowns coming soon. Does Zeke signing change your opinion of him in week one at all? And do you feel... Do you feel A, vindicated for having Zeke as your number one player at various points in times, uh, over the course of the offseason? But do, do you feel, B, do you feel a little guilty for dropping him down and panicking? Uh, I never dropped him out of the first round.
1: That's true. So I don't, I don't feel like I panicked too much. And I'm not sure we're 100% out of the woods yet in really? terms of him being the number one player. Like I readjusted my draft rankings because there are a lot of people drafting, uh, right on the last day, the first day of the season, but, Like, there's probably, you have to consider there's a slight increase in soft tissue injury over the first couple of games of the season. That's fair. And I don't anticipate that week one we are getting the full Zeke experience. Uh, I think the first thing that came out from Jane Slater was 20 to 25 reps. I can only assume that reference, like, reps is a weird word to use in that context because it could either mean touches or snaps. I took it to mean snaps. And that's probably 50% of the team's offensive snaps or fewer. So I, I think week one could be a little bit of a disappointment, like still a top 15, top 20 week, but not the typical Zeke. So I would expect Barkley's going to get a head start on him.
0: Mm, okay. Interesting. Uh and I, I don't disagree with you, and I think there's other people who could potentially get a head start on him too. Like, I mean, I think Dalvin Cook against the Falcons could have a big week, right? That uh, This is my this is my uh once-a-podcast plug for Dalvin Cook. Um, well, go, yes, go I, I actually referenced him on the podcast because Adam Azer
1: asks us, like, you're just starting Zeke, right? And yeah. I would like to just say yes, and the answer for 99% of you is just yes. But I think there are, like, those 2% out there that might have taken Dalvin Cook – in round two, and then in round four, taking Chris Carson, who has a home game against the Bengals, and might have a really tough decision to make, or might have Dalvin Cook and Austin Eckler, and might have a really tough decision to make this week as to whether they use Zeke. The the most likely situation is you're just starting him, though.
0: Yeah. You can't not start him. I just don't think you can... You have to start Zeke, right? I mean, you have to start Zeke.
1: I I don't... We've talked enough on this podcast, Will. I think you know me well enough that I don't believe mm. in that you have to because of where you drafted. You have, like, I'm not starting Aaron Rodgers this week.
0: Mm. You're not starting Aaron Rodgers? I drafted Aaron Rodgers and I hate myself for it, Heath. Why did I draft Aaron Rodgers? Why? Well,
1: it- because you were really excited about starting off week 1 and week 2 against the Bears and Vikings and then you knew you were going to make it to the fantasy playoffs and you could not wait to use him week 15 and 16 against the Bears and the Vikings and you knew that was a great way to start and finish the season no i i'm scared to death of Aaron Rodgers against the Bears
0: damn it uh what have i done um no that's a good point look and I, I think i think i think you need to have you mentioned Eckler. I don't mind. Eckler is a good. Eckler's is a good candidate that you could replace him with. I think you need to. You know, I do think you need to have um, a very, a pretty good option with a lot of upside to warrant sitting Zeke, though. Like just because. Even if it, you know, like, like Jerry Jones is not one to to allow Jason Garrett not to show off his fancy new toys. I mean, they traded for Amari Cooper, and it was feed, 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 right? I mean, like I don't think they're going to give Zeke forty carries in Week One, and I think if they're up big against the Giants, that Tony, Tony Pollard's going to get involved here. But I do think that there is a very good chance that Zeke Elliott scores one, maybe you know, maybe two touchdowns. Like if Zeke scores two touchdowns and has seventy-five rushing yards, that's you know, that's a that's a bit of a nightmare for for somebody who put him on the bench. Yeah, I'm
1: not suggesting anybody put him on a bench. I was just right. outlining a, a place where somebody could have a tough decision regarding Zeke. Um, I've got him projected right now for 16 touches in Week One, 82 yards, and a, a 0.9 touchdowns, basically a touchdown. That's yeah. a top 15 week. It's not quite typical Zeke.
0: Okay, I'm st- I my personal play would be to start him, but but I, Heath, you're right. If you if you if you feel like you have better matchups, you shouldn't start him just because you drafted him early, because the Cowboys. Or like you should approach this like the Cowboys. If you have an option that can give you production without, you know, like 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 the Cowboys might very well say, "Hey, we have another option who can give us production without risking Zeke's health." Then fantasy owners should approach it the same way. So.
1: And I I think that like I got an interesting question on Twitter. Um, do you think this new deal means something in regard to Elliott's workload? Like, are the Cowboys because they're now on the hook for the next. However
0: many years are actually. Let's say, let's, 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 <laughs> let's say four. Cause I'm with you. I, this is not an eight year contract. It's,
1: right. Let's say four years. Yeah. Do they want to give him 1500 touches over the next four years to get their money's worth? Or do they want to make sure he, like, well, I think we saw it last year with Todd Gurley. The Rams gave Todd Gurley an enormous new contract, ran him as hard as they could. And he made it about three and a half months. <laughs> and now they're like, oh boy, we owe this guy a lot of money. Yeah, We'd like to have him in the playoffs next year. So from, they're talking about, so I do think it's interesting. We might see his workload come down just a little bit.
0: From, um, from weeks one through 12, Todd Gurley had 233 carries. He was awesome in fantasy. Um, he had 23 the rest of the season. It, they didn't need to, they didn't need to give him, 20, 23, 22, and 28. I mean, they were again, again, they weren't blowing everybody out. But, like, he didn't need 19 carries in a 34 nothing win against Arizona in week two. You know? He didn't need – maybe he needed 23 against the Chargers. That game was a little bit closer. But, like, he didn't – he just didn't need to have all these carries in all these games. And I, I do wonder if the – because that, that's what they basically said they're going to do with Todd Gurley this year. They're going to – like, if they're up big – Hello Daryl Henderson, hello Malcolm Brown, and I wouldn't be. I I just wonder if if the Cowboys might do the same thing with Zeke, where it's like, okay, now that we're paying this guy, let's protect him, as as your Twitter follower said. And it's like, if they're up, if they're up, let's say they're up seventeen nothing against the Redskins in the third quarter. I mean, isn't that Tony Pollard time?
1: I think it's Tony Pollard time, and I'm sorry, I'm going to be in a bad mood, but I just realized that. The Titans are placing Ryan Suckup on injured reserve mm. and signing Cairo Santos. And I'd just like to take this moment to ask all of the hundreds of thousands of listeners of this podcast <laughs> to please stop using kickers in your fantasy leagues so I don't have to rank them anymore mm. because it, it's ridiculous, all these kickers going on IR. Yeah. I'm tired of adding new kickers to my rankings. I don't want to rank them anymore. Please stop using them in fantasy.
0: If you're still using your kickers in your fantasy leagues – it's a mistake. And you're not doing it right. Uh credit to Tom Furnelli who eliminated them in our league that I drafted uh that I drafted just last night. Tom is a uh, a strong commissioner and he he eliminated kickers. Might have actually done it before, but I I'm with you. You got to get rid of kickers. I don't, you shouldn't have to rank kickers. You just shouldn't have to rank kickers. That's an unnecessary I, I don't want to. It makes me angry. It's an unnecessary 20 minutes of your of your of your life and maybe it's even a 5 minute thing, but it's still Oh, uh, if
1: it was if it was 20 minutes for the season, I'd be fine with it. Right. I mean it's gonna take me minutes each week. Yes. Every week. Yes. I've got to rank kickers. It's
0: it's insane. <laughs> um Okay. There's a there's a game tonight. Packers Bears. Uh you said you're sitting Aaron Rodgers. He's your fifteenth ranked quarterback. What what do we what do we do here? What do you uh what, <laughs> I, I can tell how uncomfortable you are with even the idea of
1: saying we're not but okay. We're talked about this with Ben Gretsch this morning on FFT mm-hmm. to compare him to Lamar Jackson a guy who was drafted as like the 16th or 17th off the board on drafting can you reasonably say Aaron Rodgers has a higher floor than Lamar Jackson
0: uh n- n- no because Aaron Rodgers isn't going to run as much I don't think right Lamar Jackson we know is is going to
1: score 11 or 12 13 fantasy points if he does nothing um can, do we really think Aaron Rodgers at Chicago has a higher ceiling than Lamar Jackson does against the Dolphins? No. So if he doesn't have a higher floor or a <laughs> higher ceiling, why would we start him over Lamar Jackson?
0: It's a great, it's a great question. Um Would you rather have – let me ask you this. Let's say you have Aaron Rodgers on your team, and he's the only quarterback you drafted. And hopefully that's the case, because if you drafted Aaron Rodgers, you shouldn't be wasting a draft spot on another quarterback. Are you – Dropping somebody to add another quarterback or just writing out Aaron Rodgers? I am almost certainly in that instance
1: just writing out Aaron Rodgers. And that's one thing. Like, I I should probably clarify because we're going to talk a lot this year about my rankings. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people think more about how their users feel about starting or sitting someone, and I have to get someone in the top 12 so they know that they're starting them. I rank players almost entirely based on how many points I expect them to score this week,
0: <laughs> which is I don't, which is kind of the way you should do it. And yeah, I guess I, I forget that we we constantly have like new listeners joining the podcast. So Heath was on every week last year. We're gonna talk beer. Um, you can follow Heath on Twitter at Heath Cummings Senior and and on Instagram at Heath's Meets. Is it Heath Meets or Heath's Meets?
1: It's Heath's meat. Um, Heath's meat, singular meat. Um, yeah, I didn't expect you to f- f- plug that, but um, no, I, I'm not. You trying can buy, to, you can buy
0: Heath's uh, t-shirts, dong chasers from Fantasy Baseball. That's also true. <laughs> uh,
1: there's only one quarterback who's available in more than twenty percent of leagues, who I might go out and pick up and start over Aaron Rodgers. Can I guess who it is? Uh you can.
0: Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: It's not. Oh, okay. Uh, he's owned in exactly the same number of leagues as Jimmy Garoppolo. It's Mitchell Trubisky. Ooh. In the same game. Ooh, interesting. You want to know something funny? Last year, they scored almost the exact same number of fantasy points per game. Mitchell Trubisky and Aaron Rodgers.
0: I would believe it because Mitchell Trubisky has a really high, like, Lamar Jackson rushing floor. And I think people yep. forget this too. So, like, if you don't have a great quarterback drafted, look for somebody who has rushing yards out there. Mitchell Trubisky runs. Josh Allen ran a lot last year. Who knows if he's going to run as much this year. I don't think they want him to, Buffalo. But guys who have rushing yardage, Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, increase the floor for your points scored per week because they're going to add four to five points at bare minimum extra on the, with their feet. Uh, Dak Prescott
1: is a top ten quarterback for me this week. Fantastic matchup against the Giants. Wow. Um. So, yeah, I, 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 I made that distinction about the rankings just to say, you look at my rankings and see Aaron Rodgers is 15th. You don't have to go search to see if any of the top 14 are on your waiver wire. You don't have to bench, bench Aaron Rodgers. There are especially at this position. We came into the year saying, well, for me it was 19. I think Jamie said 22. But there are 18, 19, 20 quarterbacks that we feel perfectly fine with as our number one quarterback. So it only figures that on a given week – there are going to be two to three guys that were drafted as top 12 quarterbacks that are ranked in the teens because there's just that many
0: good quarterbacks. But it's okay to still start them. Right, and, and that's the thing, is, and it's why we preach the same thing. Like You don't have to draft a quarterback early because there are going to be guys who have better matchups than maybe an Aaron Rodgers on a week-to-week basis. For instance, Patrick Mahomes. We all agree, and you as a Chiefs fan certainly agree, that he's the best quarterback in football. Does he have the best matchup this week? Absolutely not. Because the Jacksonville Jaguars are a good defense. And it's possible that Cam Newton, James Winston, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, just to list some guys below him, all outscore Patrick Mahomes, correct? I think it's certainly possible. I've got Deshaun Watson as the
1: only quarterback ranked above him. But I've got Cam, Winston, Dak, Wentz and Mayfield all within one fantasy point of him in a six-point-per-pass-touchdown league. And I rank most of those guys ahead of Mahomes in a four-point-per-pass-touchdown league. But that's perfectly fine. This is one of his worst matchups. I do think there may be a little bit too much of the Jacksonville-held-him-to-10-fantasy-points-last-year narrative. He threw for 313 yards and averaged 8.3 yards per attempt. They didn't stop Patrick Mahomes. He just, They just scored their touchdowns on the ground instead of through the air. Mm.
0: No, I look, hey, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are awesome and Andy Reid's had an offseason to play him for the Jaguars defense. I don't think that they're going to magically shut him down. Uh, who else from, not to, to get too far divergent from the Packers, uh, Bears game. Who else are you looking at in this game, uh, to start? Aaron Jones, Packers running back, third, mostly, you know, third round, third roundish pick for a lot of people. Probably their RB1 or RB2. Uh, tough matchup against the Bears, right?
1: It's a very difficult matchup. I've got him as a top 25 running back this week. Another one of those situations where I don't feel bad starting him, you're probably starting him. Right. But there are a handful of backs that were drafted well after him that I would absolutely start over him. So it might just be more helpful to say those names. I, I'm starting Austin Eckler over Aaron Jones without a second doubt. I'm starting Chris Carson over Aaron Jones. I'd rather start D- Duke Johnson in PPR, mm. Tevin Coleman, um Mark Ingram, those guys over Aaron Jones. But for the most part, I'm pretty much fine with starting him. I will say he's my favorite running back in this game from a non-PPR perspective. I would rank the running backs Jones, Montgomery, and then Cohen in non-PPR. If you're in a PPR league, I'd actually rather start Cohen than I would Jones.
0: I actually saw that – like I think Cohen is ahead of Montgomery on the Bears' depth chart. Does that concern Uh, you at all?
1: It's week one. And we know how coaches can be with rookies and, um, veterans. I kind of almost expect Mike Davis to get the first carry for the Bears.
0: Interesting. In fact, Mike Davis is second string on the Bears, on ChicagoBears.com on the depth chart and David Montgomery is, uh, is third. Is, do you think, do you think that's more, uh, is, is that a potential just a nod to, a nod to the hierarchy of a veteran versus a, a rookie? I mean, or, or, or do you, yeah. but, but you like David Montgomery more long term in this backfield, right?
1: I like David Montgomery more than Tariq Cohen in non-PPR. I still like Cohen the best in PPR um, of all three running backs. Uh, The thing I think that's underrated and has been – Montgomery was my favorite rookie running back in this class. Um, But I'm I'm a little scared Matt Nagy is going the Doug Peterson route at running back to a certain extent. They have really talked a lot about how they are going to use Mike Davis. And Mike Davis is not going to have near as much impact as either of these other two running backs. But if you expect Tevin or Tariq Cohen to get ten touches per game, and you think Mike Davis might come in and take five touches per game, David Montgomery has to be really, really good to be a startable running back with fifteen of the touches going to somebody
0: else. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean if, if he's getting if he's getting a if he's getting a half of the touches. Yeah, he can be effective, but if he's, I mean, if he, if he is losing a ton of touches to Mike Davis and Tariq Cohen, he is not going to be an RB1. He's going to be a high-end flex for your team. What right. about, what about a wide receiver? Obviously you're starting Devontae Adams in this game. Um, any chance that you are, uh, are you rolling out Alan Robinson as a, as a flex or a wide receiver three? Is that, is that okay?
1: I think he's a very solid flex slash wide receiver three. I, people were a little bit too down on Alan Robinson from last year. He had a game where he barely played. He missed a couple of games. But on a per game basis he looked like a pretty solid high end wide receiver three, low end wide receiver two. We'll see if Trey Burton's going to be available for this game. We'll see if Anthony Miller is up to one hundred percent yet for this game. But I think there's a possibility that Robinson's a top 20 wide receiver. I'm starting him as a number 3.
0: Okay. Uh elsewhere on the schedule, what is your favorite uh we won't call it a bonanza, that's trademarked on Fantasy Football Today, which you should be uh subscribing to and listening to on Apple Podcasts. What is your favorite game on the schedule for fantasy purposes? I think it has to be
1: Tampa Bay and San Francisco. Mm. Um neither of these teams are very good defensively. I think both Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida could be in play in that San Francisco backfield. Love Evans, Godwin, Howard, Kittle. I'm not quite ready to start Jimmy Garoppolo just because he, it was pretty uneven. Like even when he bounced back in preseason week three, he missed several throws. Seems like he's had a hard time connecting with Dante Pettis. Pettis is still my favorite wide receiver. In San Francisco, I think all of this stuff that we've heard and him playing in the third quarter, it was just Kyle Shanahan motivating him. Every time we see the starters on the field, it's Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin. They release a depth chart. It's Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin. There's no Dante Pettis is the starting wide receiver and the best wide receiver on the 49ers.
0: And if you like I drafted, uh, I know people love hearing about my teams. um, Yes, but uh, I drafted on uh, on, I guess, Tuesday night. And got Pettis in like the ninth or tenth round. I mean, he's an absolute steal. If you're drafting, yeah. if you're still drafting tonight, like the night of the first game, Dante Pettis is a steal and you should grab him and he's going to be utilizing that offense. It's just end of story.
1: 100%. Like I, I compare Pettis to somebody like Mike Williams. Um, yeah. who's Pettis competing with for targets? Kittle and maybe Marquise Goodwin or Debo Samuel, who's currently on the third string on the depth chart. Um, Mike Williams is definitely behind Keenan Allen. Probably behind the combination of running backs and maybe behind Hunter Henry.
0: I'd about, rather have Pettis. Yeah, and you're talking about a guy who's going to the same range as like Cortland Sutton, DK Metcalf, Anthony Miller, uh Michael Gallup. I mean some of those are you know second year wide receivers, some of those are rookies. Um, but Pettis to me is a guy who showed production last year, so I don't know that you should be scared off by him uh at all. What about uh Kyler Murray? You starting him? You, you buying the? You buying this this buzz, Heath? That, that, that they're going to unveil this nuclear weapon of an offense uh, after going full vanilla, or I guess unveil this rocky road of, of an offense after going full vanilla uh, during the preseason? Uh,
1: this game falls into the man I really want to watch and enjoy this Arizona offense and have absolutely no fantasy football attachment to it whatsoever. I don't want to have these guys in my lineup. I don't want these guys to be in my opponent's lineup. I just want to find out finally. Like what we're basically saying is for this to be as great as the uh, people who have hyped it up to be, Cliff Kingsbury has an offense that has made pass rush in the NFL irrelevant Hmm. because his offensive line is awful. Hmm. And I don't necessarily believe that he has created an offense that's made pass rush irrelevant, but I would like to find out. (laughs) I'm looking forward to see what he's coming, what, what's, what they're going to do. I don't think they can do exactly what he did at Texas Tech. Um, because in college, teams just didn't blitz because they knew they couldn't get there in time.
0: And the field's also wider.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it works. Um, but some version of that might work and it could be very exciting. I'm cautiously just wanting to watch and let's see. I'm not starting Kyler Murray. I don't love David Johnson, but I mean, you're starting him, but I don't love him. Um, I'd like to just see what happens.
0: Okay. Um and finally before we get to a break, who uh actually sorry, two more questions. One, are you starting Drew Brees in week one against the Texans uh defense now uh without Judaven Clowney at home on a Monday night? Breeze was listed the reason this question is on here is Breeze was uh listed as a bust on your uh, on your bust list coming into the year, but are you starting in week one?
1: He is a top twelve quarterback for me. I would like I don't have Drew Brees on any of my teams. He wasn't the top 12 quarterback for the season. I won't be starting him, but I think most people who have him should start him. He averaged 117 more yards per game through the air at home last year. He, likes the he, he threw the ball like for 200 yards a game on the road <laughs> and over 300 at home. This defense is no challenge whatsoever. The Drew Brees' defense is almost a bigger factor in this game than the Texans' defense because I do think if the Saints— had success against Deshaun Watson. I don't think they will. But if they did, that would hurt Breeze fantasy output more than anything this Texans' defense could do.
0: Right. It would be a monster game for Alvin Kamara and maybe a big game for Latavius Murray and a, and a fine game for Drew Brees. All right. Uh, what? Um, who? Who is out there that's on on the free agent list right now that owners should be uh, scooping up that might be available to, to them in terms of like you know somebody. I mean, you know, like you go and look at the most owned, most started, or most most viewed, or most added, whatever it is, free agent out there that, that that people should not that should not be a free agent heading into week one.
1: There are way too many. I don't know who the people are that are rostered that need to be dropped, but there've got to be some because there are way too many under owned players. Justin Jackson is still just sixty four percent owned.
0: That is that he be, should
1: be owned in every single league.
0: He should be a hundred percent owned. Why are you people not picking up Justin Jackson? Melvin Com- Gordon is not playing, folks. No, no, comma, uh, comma, I, comma. I,
1: I, I've got like 17 backup running backs: um, Alexander, Madison, Carlos Hyde, Ju- Ju- Justice Hill, Hill. <laughs> um, but then there's one that's even Jamal Williams, especially. Mm. But there's one more that's got his co- new contract yesterday, and I know you're a big fan of his game. I'm a big fan of his game, uh, Team Geo.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, I love. Twice
1: in the last four years, Joe Mixon has missed times. Both times, Giovanni Bernard was a number one running back in fantasy. Last year, he had 180 yards and three touchdowns in two games. Two years ago, he had a four-game stretch with like 500 yards. If Joe Mixon gets hurt, Giovanni Bernard is a must-start running back. We're drafting a lot of other handcuffs and backup running backs that we think might be good if the starter gets hurt. Bernard is owned in 18% of leagues.
0: And first of all, if you have a backup kicker or a backup defense, you're fired, but drop those guys and go get backup running backs. Like go get, go get all the possible lottery tickets you can, including Gio Bernard. I'm gonna run through some, some guys, I'm just curious, I, and I don't know that they all meet the exact, I don't think they meet the qualification, but I just want people to give, give people an idea where we qualify Gio. Would you, would you drop Royce, G, drop Royce Freeman for Gio?
1: I'd rather have Freeman.
0: Okay, Daryl Henderson. I'd rather have Henderson,
1: but I'm not, I'm, I'm getting less certain of that.
0: Yeah, I am too. I think Malcolm Brown might be the guy to own in there if yeah, Ty yeah. goes south. Uh, obviously Justin Jackson over Gio. Uh, Rashad Penny or Gio?
1: I'll take Penny. I th- I'll tell you a guy that's, I- I'm looking at the ownership now. Mm-hmm. Like Adrian Peterson is 75% owned. I'd rather have Gio than Adrian I'd Peterson. much rather have Gio. Kareem Hunt is 75% owned. You are going to drop Kareem Hunt before he steps on an NFL field. I will almost guarantee it. He just had I-
0: sports hernia surgery.
1: Yes, that's, um,
0: you're not using him.
1: if I had Tony Pollard and I did not have Ezekiel Elliott, first off, I would be doing everything I could to trade Tony Pollard to the Elliott owner for anything that's on his mm-hmm. bench. But I'd rather have Gio than Tony Pollard in a vacuum.
0: And one of the things, uh, a friend of the program, Paul, Paul Dieter Jr., who's been on here, I believe it's reported that like Gio is even before even with Mixon healthy is going to get a significantly higher snap count and significantly higher touch count um, than, uh, than basically uh, any year prior when Mixon was around, which is deeply concerning to me. I think I drafted Mixon in maybe one league. I'm, I'm glad I stayed away. Mixon can be great, but their offensive line is banged up, and it seems like Zach Taylor may take a cue from uh, the guy who's dealing with an t- injured Todd Gurley right now, right? Yeah. I mean, well, we
1: haven't seen Mixon stay healthy for 16 games yet, and – The types of things Gio does, it's kind of like Kenyon Drake in Miami. That's a terrible situation for a running back unless you're a back like Kenyon Drake who a high percentage of his touches are independent of the offensive line. And I think Gio's touches are that way.
0: Mm, That's a good point. Uh, Okay, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and bang out some DFS talk. giving them style and performance on and off the field learn more and purchase clutch athletics at newbalance.com okay DFS week one Heath. um i it, it is it is i think this is gonna be the year that DFS explodes more into the mainstream than it has in years past maybe you agree or disagree but i just feel like like my dad's gonna start playing like dabble in DFS at some point this year like he did in fantasy three years ago agree or disagree
1: I hope so. I think the way to make that happen, and if, if you and I want to, to make that happen, is more of these weekly DFS leagues Yeah. where you play DFS with a group of 10 to 12 of your friends over the course of the season, and a small percentage of the pot goes to the winner of that week. And there's an average score for the whole season. Mm. And the ending pot goes to the winner of that. Can you, we, need to, can you create, we need to create one of those.
0: Can you, can you, we should do that. We should do, can you, can you create that league on like DraftKings and FanDuel? Like can they, yes. can they manage it for you? Yes. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. You just have to get everyone to sign up
1: before week one kicks off.
0: Okay. All right. Well, we should and do. And then
1: you pay in advance.
0: Should we do a, a listener league or just a, a, an experts league? What Whatever you want to do. Okay. Well, let's, we'll discuss that off air. But, um, Here's some guys that you may want to play in this particular league in week one. Uh, who who are your top running back plays? Um, you know, I, I mean, like Saquon Barkley, I, I believe, is on there. I mean, obviously, you're gonna you want to start the studs, but the key in DFS is if you can find value elsewhere, you can pay up for stud wide receivers, etc., etc., etc. Who do you like uh, as a value play in in the running back spot?
1: There are two of them. I mean, Barkley and Nick Chubb are my are two of my top three favorite running backs. I think the chalk play, the the guy that should just be in every lineup is Austin Eckler. Yeah. Because he's still kind of priced as a backup at 6,400. The funny thing is, Chris Carson. We never thought he was going to be a backup, but for some reason, he's only 6,600. And you look for certain things in DFS, especially in like in cash games when you're just doing 50/50s. You'd really like a guy that's at home because generally running backs do better at home. You'd like a guy that's favored. His team mm-hmm. is favored by seven and a half, eight nine, points. 9.5. 9.5 nine points. And mm-hmm. you'd like a guy against a bad defense. There may be no defense worse than the Cincinnati Bengals. Somehow he's just 6,600. So I think it's probably a three running back week for me. This week on FanDuel and DraftKings, I'm going to play Eckler. I'm going to play Carson. And I'm going to play one of Barkley and Chubb. Mm-hmm. And then I'll figure the rest out after that.
0: Okay. Uh Excellent. What about... Uh, when we look at contri- or you mentioned contrarian plays. You had Leonard Fournette on there as well. Um, think he's a good value. He, I guess people might stay away from him against the Chiefs. I don't know. It, well, they will. I I expect
1: they. I mean, I will get ownership projections a little later in the week, and we'll know this. But I expect they will stay away from him because of what I just said. Teams, people don't generally like running backs that are underdogs. Sure. Uh, but from What I've seen in the preseason, from what they've said in the preseason, and the fact that they didn't sign anyone to replace TJ Yeldon, I expect Leonard Fournette to be the primary pass catching back. And if the game that Nick Foles played in the preseason is any indication, Leonard Fournette might be second in terms of his preference. I mean, he basically dropped back. Is D.D. open? Yes. Throw to D.D. No. Dump to Fournette.
0: Mm, Interesting. Fournette is catching passes this year, and he he was a lot better at catching passes than people thought at LSU. If he's catching passes this year, he could end up being RB1. Like, it wouldn't stun, it wouldn't stun me at all. I mean, like, I don't, I don't think it's likely, but they're gonna feed him. eh, Anyway, I like that. It's a good, if they're down, maybe they're down big to the Chiefs and they're dumping off to Leonard Fournette. So I like the play. You mentioned DD Westbrook. Does he make your top wide receiver playlist?
1: I, I look at things in terms of like a value per dollar in my projections and DD Westbrook's at a 2.39, 2.4 this week. No other player or receiver is higher than 2.2. D.D. Wow. Westbrook will be in most of my lineups at 5,900, the only wide receiver to be targeted by Nick Foles in the preseason. He dropped back through 10 passes, seven of them went Westbrook's way. That would change just a little bit if for some reason Marquise Lee plays, but I don't think he's going to. Um Love, love, love Tyler Lockett, kind of in a similar situation. I think D.K. Metcalf could possibly be a solid number two receiver in this offense at some point, but he's not had enough time with Russell Wilson this preseason. David Moore is currently injured. They can do whatever they want against Cincinnati. So I like Westbrook and Lockett. And then you just pick whichever of the top wide receivers. It's kind of a weird slate because Juju is not on the main slate. Right. DeAndre Hopkins, not on the main slate.
0: Devontae Adams. Michael, Michael, so, yeah. Devontae Adams.
1: Michael Thomas. So currently my favorite value amongst the top receivers would be Mike Evans at 7,900. Again, love that game. I'll have a lot of Jameis stacks. Um, I like Julio a lot. And then if you want to get contrarian at receiver, nobody wants to play a $7,600 Tyree kill getting shadowed by Jalen Ramsey. That's true.
0: That's true. But yeah, yeah.
1: You, you remember what Jalen Ramsey said about Tyree Hill after that game, right? This is when the wheels started to come off for the Jacksonville defense was after they gave up 34 or something to Chiefs. And, and Jalen Ramsey called him a uh, kick returner,
0: mm.
1: said he's not a receiver. He's a, he's a kick returner.
0: You think Tyree kill remembers that? I, if I remember that, I'm pretty sure (laughs) Tyreek Hill remembers that. Uh, and then you also have Sterling Shepard, listen, as a contrarian play too. Uh, Shepard's a, Shepard might be the best value in drafts this year, like in season long drafts this year. Nobody likes him for whatever reason, he's a PPR monster. The Giants are going to be losing all year long. They're not going to throw every ball to Saquon Barkley. And I mean, Shepard is going to pick up a bunch of receptions. I don't get why people hate Shepard.
1: Agree 100%.
0: Uh, tight end blaze, who you got top, uh, just, you're going chalk here or is it a, you don't think people will pay, do you think people will pay up for Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle in DFS or try and find some value there to pay up for wide receiver?
1: I'm not really even considering what they're going to do because I'm, I really like, in regular drafts, you can look at it and say, you know, I could see Henry or Ingram or Howard jumping into that tier. When it comes down to it and you get to week one rankings, It's like, man, that is a completely and totally different universe you're talking about those guys jumping into with what those three tight ends did last year. I like Kelsey the most on FanDuel because the price difference between the three of them is just not enough for me to go with Kittle or Ertz. I actually like Ertz best on DraftKings because his price does come down quite a bit. Uh, I think just 6100 Kittle has the best matchup and maybe in the best shootout. So all three of them are good options. If you do have to go cheap... Uh, keep an eye out and see if Jordan Reed plays this week. Hmm. If, if he doesn't, over the last two years, Vernon Davis has received at least four targets 11 times. Nine of those times he scored at least nine and a half fantasy points.
0: Ooh. So no Reed, go Davis is the play. He,
1: He's right. only 2,700 on DraftKings. You At can
0: play 2700. Else. That's nothing. That's like, that's <laughs> he's like, like a defense. That's less than, yeah, it's less than like a <laughs> mid-tier defense. Oh my God. That's, yeah. I mean, so, so, oh yeah, so if Reed is out, that's actually, would you, if Reed is out, would you like just, are you going to shift a big chunk of your Kelsey Ertz Kittle over to, uh, Vernon or, or is it sort of a maybe take some flyers in, in the tournament GPPs and stuff? It will be more of like I can't.
1: I don't think I'll probably go Vernon Davis in cash games, okay. but it'll just be a tournament play, yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: and then finally, quarterback, your top play, the one, the only, the in, uh, un uh, the integral Lamar Jackson, right?
1: Yes, and I, I referenced that uh, point per dollar. Lamar Jackson, I believe the only player that I've got at three for the uh, regardless of position, uh, seventy four hundred. Expect him to do a lot with his legs and his arm. He'll do whatever he wants. Uh, Jameis would be number two. Dak Prescott, Cam Newton are right there as well. If you want to go cheap, I don't think Brissette is a terrible option. I'm not really feeling most of the expensive quarterbacks. The only thing I would say that will change that, the early ownership projections show that a lot of people are going to play Patrick Mahomes just because it's Patrick Mahomes and they don't care who he's against. If somehow I thought Mahomes was going to be a little bit contrarian, then I would play him just because anytime you can get Mahomes contrarian, you should do it. But that's not what the early indications tell us. It looks like he's still going to be too high on for I like.
0: Mm, okay. Uh, and, uh, I like it. That's it. That's the show. That's the fantasy, uh, it's a fantasy show. Oh, what, beer. Beer. I almost forgot. I was like, what am I forgetting? There's something on this rundown that I'm not, I'm not, I don't have. What is it? Yes. Beer. So Heath, uh, was forced to leave the sunny, uh, sunny, the sunny safety of South Florida for the, for the, for, to avoid the hurricane. Uh, Dorian, which we hope everyone is avoiding and, and thoughts and prayers with anybody the way that thing uh, you're in. You're up in the Northeast. The downside is you're not at home. The upside is you get a lot of hazy beer, right?
1: The best thing that could have ever happened to my beer pellet. Um, <laughs> met a friend of the show, Matt, uh, at a place called the Kichos Grocery. Okay. Apparently it's a chain and they have a bar in the grocery store Love it. that is one of the best craft beer bars I've ever been to. An enormous selection of beer everywhere. And in the last three days, I've drank Citra Daydream from Other Half Brewing in Brooklyn. I've drank Laboratory Tubes from Equilibrium Brewery. I've drank beer from Yonkers from Brooklyn. Hold On to Sunshine from Treehouse Brewing is one of the best stouts I've ever had in my life. Juice Balm from Sloop. Moss Verde. Where am I? Like, it's been...
0: This is a, uh, this is like a this is like the 27 Yankees of of hazy IPAs of of New England IPAs, right? I mean, like these are like every these are the great breweries that crank out the best hazy beers. Uh, and they, I mean, I, I'm jealous. I, did, I I'm didn't jealous. even
1: say that I went to Trillium. Ah. <laughs> I was in Boston. I flew into Boston and went
0: to Trillium. True or false? Had- you flew into Boston to go to Trillium. Not true. <laughs> of course you did. They're like, hey, uh, yeah, i really you guys to uh, booked that flight through me for Boston. They're like, why do you want to go to Boston? He's like, family, I got family in Boston. Just need to see some family there. They're, they're at Trillium. That's incredible. Did you, are you, are you taking, are you taking a stash back or is this just, um I'm enjoying myself while I'm here and then heading back home?
1: Currently working on that plan. Um, what we're, how and what we're going to do. I get nervous about flying with beer. I'm sure. It's, uh, it's my a, wife, my wife's here and she has clothes that she thinks are important to bring back. Right. So we're going to have to negotiate.
0: Right. And yeah, it's like, Hey, listen, honey, you have the softer clothes. I'm just going to wrap them up in your checked luggage and <laughs> m- maybe, or maybe not. They'll explode and smell like uh smell like a juice bomb. Don't worry about it. Um, all right. So if you had to, what, what's the, uh, what do you think is the most widely available beer that you sampled that people should check out? Um, cause like it's wow. hard, You can't just get Treehouse, you know, like. Or, the, or are all of these just like so specific to northeast like northeast america that it's just not even worth it, like trying to find um
1: the melker street ipa at trillium mm-hmm. uh oh i i've seen this one a lot around the northeast that i liked quite a bit it wasn't on the level of some of the ones we've talked about um but sea hag okay sea hag ipa from the uh, new england brewing company it's actually on tap here in the uh hotel bar so oh.
0: Okay. HAG yeah. IPA. Checking out. I'm like, look, I mean, like the lowest, the lowest thing that you've had ranked on like beer advocate or, or untapped is like four, three. <laughs> I mean, what a, what a run. We're all spoiled. You we know? don't I mean. Like those are really, like, th- those of us who are like living in the South don't realize just how much good beer there is uh, up there in New England. So uh, I'm jealous of you. Congratulations. I've had a bunch of old toughy, not the same thing as these, uh, these, these New England IPAs and, uh. I'm jealous of you, but I appreciate you coming on. And uh, we'll be we'll talking more beer next week. He's going to be on every week. He's generously donating his time. And uh, talk to you soon, buddy. Later.